2: Take
1: two. <laughs> this time, I'm going to record my audio, and it's going to be much, much better because my audio is going to be recorded.
2: We are brought to you this week by Robin Hood. More from our fine friends from Robin Hood in a moment. You can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash shake them ropes. Need some ideas for uh, our second episode? We're kicking a few around, but uh, if, you'd like to, uh, if you'd like to chime in, you can tweet at either of us i am at crap game 13 he is at chris novembrino or you can uh at the show account out shake them ropes i will read that and forward it along so a little housekeeping next week one episode kids sometime later in the week to cl- to kind of uh you know Just talk a little WWE. I don't think it's going to be serious talk. I don't think it's going to be episode reviews. I think it's going to be kind of what we think might happen in the new year and what we thought of this past year in WWE. Uh, If you want to read spoilers for Raw and SmackDown, they are out there and available. Uh, You'll want to fast forward about two or three minutes right now because I am going to go over a spoiler that happened at the SmackDown tapings in three, two, one... Rusev is your new U.S. champ, beating Shinsuke Nakamura. Any thoughts, Chris? You
1: know, I would like to be in on a Rusev as mid-card champion gimmick, but it's weird to see him as a babyface with the U.S. title just because of his extended history with the U.S. title and how he really sort of established himself in this company as a heel with the U.S. title. So, like, that's been a bit... Awkward for me, and then I also haven't necessarily been in love with this babyface iteration of Rusev. Actually, I liked the Total Divas clips. Rusev, Zany Rusev works for me.
2: Yeah, comedy Rusev is great. I don't want it in my wrestler Rusev.
1: Yeah, not that, not that Zany. But like, remember when he was kind of like over the top as a heel? Yeah, yeah, I like that iteration of Rusev, and I think that that needs to be in his personality.
2: His humor was almost kind of disarming to how how mean he really was as a heel.
1: Yes, yes, and and, and he it was
2: unintentional comedy is is what he would do all the time.
1: And, and maybe just change the balance on that just a little bit. Yeah, to where you're leaning into it a little bit more and being a little more hammy about it, but still being mean, but also just just a tad bit goofy.
2: Yeah, I I, I feel like this is going to be a push of the Rusev Lana act, so to speak. And that gives me a little bit of pause.
1: When does the next season of Total Divas come out? Because I, I'm wondering I if this is I, I don't follow that either, but I'm <laughs> wondering if that's a thing that we need to be prescient of in order to understand what's going on here, because this could be something that's being taped as a Total Divas storyline.
2: You mean oh yeah, the Rusev title reign. I I could see that. I I I don't know when the next season starts, per se. That's not uh It's not within my television viewing (laughs) thing. Uh, If you want to see him do pretty good comedy, uh, there's an episode of Edge and Christian in season two where they do the voice parody. And he's doing some weird amalgam of uh, CeeLo and uh, Pharrell Williams, which is pretty good. Um, You know, I I think Rusev's very talented. I just, it's one of those things where I'm, I'm... I'm thinking they're thinking that this, you know, we're going to give them a babyface champ who makes people, who entertains people, and that's going to be the new, the the, the fresh start era type of stuff. You know, it's no longer going to be heels you hate. It's going to be babyfaces you like and see how entertaining they are.
1: that's interesting. Uh, They're not going to be good at that, but I, I could totally see them going that direction.
2: Well, they kind of did it with, with the New Day, which is why I'm kind of shocked that they haven't given the belts right back to them if that's the plan. So that, that's the one wrinkle in it. Um...
1: And so that baby face you love angle sort of only works when people like the New Day have some say-so over their characters. So in yeah. order for this to work for Rusev and Lana, they need to kind of take the stick and run with it a little bit here and figure out what their dynamic's going to be and not well, let yeah, it get handed then- to them. Too and they much. need to
2: figure out they also need to figure out how how they're just they're not going to be a comedy act with belts versus being champions who actually entertain you in their promos that that's the uh that's the balancing act for me because look you're going to have a nice act with comedy but if you're holding a title for me I want you to be somewhat important
1: yeah maybe be capable of being funny at times but not be funny all the time
2: so for the cleanup segment this week, um, I wanted to go back because I forgot to mention this as, as part of kind of the comparisons between why I have a little bit of a lack of faith in this fresh start being real. Um, as I kind of said, it, it feels like it's just kind of a excuse to to keep you tied it over until the until the rumble build. But all you have to do is compare how Tyler Breeze was treated. On NXT versus they wanted to capture that same feeling when he came out for the Dean Ambrose challenge on Raw. And he didn't get to wrestle nearly the kind of match he could have that he did against Ricochet. You know, he, he wasn't made to look nearly as strong either, but they wanted to capture the same feeling. And they referenced and the NXT
1: match. I mean, they really yeah. were trying to draw a line between what happened on NXT on your television screen and what happened on Raw this week.
2: Yeah, it was part of the story. It's like, oh, well, he he had a great match there. Maybe he's focused here enough to take the uh, Intercontinental title. And it was just like, you're watching that and you're going, that's not the Tyler Breeze that people were cheering for. That This is...
1: You it's, know, you could tell you know, the you, difference in the chants. So, in yeah. NXT, the, you were getting the breezes is gorgeous and all of that. And I forget what they were chanting for for Tyler, but it was something generic. And it was, like, that's a subtle difference, but it's a key difference. If the audience was really into Tyler, they would have been chanting the Breeze-specific chants.
2: No, I, I agree. And, and it's, uh, you know, but these are the people who are used to Tyler Breeze being half a fandango. Or not, uh, Brizongo, half a Fandango, uh, you know, half half a Brizongo, the comedy team, and you know what? Most of these people in this audience probably didn't see that match.
1: Right, right. So I mean, that's the other part. I I was thinking about this week as I was watching NXT and Two Hundred Five Live. What a difference the commercial break in the middle of the match or the lack thereof makes. Like Two Hundred Five Live for me was a lot more enjoyable. Uh, and I was just thinking about it as I was watching it. These matches, I can just kind of lock in on them and be with them the whole way through, and it doesn't get interrupted. It doesn't interrupt my flow. Um, sometimes I have been watching Raw Live recently, which I, I'm beginning to think is a mistake. But, um, yeah, the lack of commercial breaks, I think, makes a big difference. I, obviously, you can't adapt that onto the main roster. There's no way to translate that. But, but it's something to be cognizant of when you're comparing these two products
2: yeah well well for me it's always weird watching smackdown because i can never run to the restroom if i'm watching it live because they have that picture in picture thing and i'm always afraid i'm gonna miss something right right (laughs) Um, but speaking of commercial breaks Episodes this week of Shake Them Ropes have been brought to you by Robinhood. Robinhood is an investing app that lets you buy and sell stocks, ETFs, options, and cryptos, all commission-free. They strive to make financial services work for everyone and not just the wealthy. It's simple. It's intuitive. With clear design and data presented in an easy-to-digest way, both Chris and I use Robinhood. Chris is a little bit heavier into Robinhood. Robinhood. Uh, tell us a little bit more about your experiences.
1: Yeah, Robinhood is a great app. I have it on both of my phone and my computer, and I use it kind of interchangeably. The phone app is nice if I see something in the news that I, I think I might want to maybe make a move on. I can go into Robinhood and I can buy one share of a stock if I want and there's no commission. So you, when you buy the stock, you buy it It's at the rate that it's at and you sell it and you don't have to give Robin any of your cut which makes those one share purchases, two share purchases, something feasible and it allows you to kind of tiptoe your way into the market, start with 25 bucks a month, 50 bucks a month, and slowly grow out your account that way it's an easy way to start learning about investment um and, and it's very intuitive uh, there's only four colors in the app uh, so you're not going to be inundated with graphics and stuff that you can't necessarily process
2: yeah and that that for me is the important thing is to learn by kind of doing because it's it's one of those things where That's the how stock I learned stocks man yeah yeah it was always intimidating to me to to try and learn how to do this cuz i'm i'm a you know, oh, I'll just throw it into this fund and I'll let somebody else do it for me kind of guy but here you can kind of you can so do that you and you can
1: also have investments on smaller companies too so if you want to do as you, you've been doing the dinkers and dunkers you can do that if you're interested in specific sectors uh, you can do that as well or you can also buy etfs um, and have someone else manage the more complicated stuff and just know that you've got your money parked in it you can look at graphs that spread out all the way through the five year and you obviously can do additional research as well which we encourage you to do and we have a great offer to help you get started with Robinhood. Jeff, what is
2: it? Robinhood is giving listeners a free stock like Apple, Ford, or Sprint to help build your portfolio. Sign up at shake.robinhood.com. That's shake.robinhood.com. Now let them know that we sent you and uh, they'll be appreciative of them and we appreciate uh, their patronage here on Shake Them Ropes.
1: So, so. Jeff, where <laughs> would you like to begin? You want to start with NXT?
2: Uh, I have more to say about NXT, so let's get 205 Live out of the way because I don't have a lot to say about that.
1: Well, yeah, 205 Live was really the one street fight match, which I thought was pretty good.
2: I liked it a lot.
1: Yeah, it was pretty solid.
2: I, I really liked, because cause I liked that they made mention of uh, Gulak's apparel and he's like, nope, this is what I'd wear out on the streets. And I'm just gonna kind of tape my hands up, and we're gonna have a fight here, as opposed to wrestling gear. I I hate street fights where people come out in just regular gear. You know, I, I want to see that they're ready to throw down, so to speak. So uh, so and uh, you know, I like to clean shaven uh, and
1: haircutted, Brian and Kendrick. also uh, highlights in his hair, Brian Kendrick. They went I they kind of went all the way. Putting
2: highlights in his hair. Yeah. I, I, uh, if I had hair, I'd have highlights in it. Hair would be a highlight for me at this point.
1: Fair enough. I, I it was he he I was thinking about this as someone with long hair. He has cut his hair just a little bit too short. His is thick enough that he can still pull it back into a ponytail, but it's in that like what I consider to be the unfortunate not quite long enough length. And I feel like I'm going to get myself in trouble by saying this. I think I think you have to get it just a little bit, like to the shoulders. When it's right there, at least when I had it right there, I found it kind of annoying. And I always was like tying it back or doing stuff to get out of the way because it would just kind of like fly everywhere and I'd look like a crazy man.
2: And and another positive I thought on this show, um, in lieu of. Mustafa Ali who does not appear to be working both rosters I think he's just No going that's I think
1: the now. end. I mean with the Buddy Murphy segment I I like the tweak of the Buddy Murphy character and I like the dynamic that is getting established between Drake and Buddy and I think that that is a really good template for WWE to try to take to other places.
2: Yeah, I I would really I'm never going to get this, but I I would just love you know if you need a call from an authority figure. Just the old off-screen the board of directors has determined, you know, and, and not not having this kind of thing as a, as a, you know, kind of story plot device in there. But if you're going to do it, I'd much rather you do it like Drake Maverick, with the exception of the always the, well, you know how we solve things here at 205 Live, we settle them in the ring, as opposed to what? You know, no, no. The every other show doesn't not settle it in the ring. It, it they don't have spelling contests on Raw or anything.
1: Sometimes they that have ring. rap battles, though.
2: Oh Jesus! <laughs> uh, yeah, that's true. Or verbal debates. That's always my favorite. The verbal debate. Yeah, the but the debate. Yes. yes. Yeah,
1: that didn't settle anything.
2: You've heard of great
1: debates in the past. There was the Lincoln Douglas debate. There was the Kennedy-Nixon debate, but tonight we have the Steiner-Nowinski debate. Now let me explain something here. Tonight's topic is Operation Iraqi
2: Freedom. Also, you know, I, I like having the occasional squash to reestablish a guy, and I thought I liked the Leo Rush one uh, with a uh, Bailey's boy, Aaron Solo. There, I um, I think Aaron would make a great. Great preliminary talent for this 205 Live roster on the regular. I hope he continues to get more work here.
1: Yeah, I liked the aggressiveness that Leo brought to that match. I liked right after the match when he broke from his smiling, disingenuous stuff all the time, got real serious when he did the belt pose. And then went back into the Leo Rush thing. Uh, uh, nice touches. He's talented. He's it, got good charisma. It's, a,
2: it's not only a nice touch, but it's protecting his character, because because the thing with him on, on Raw is he's 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 just towing that line to being a little bit too goofy, and not being vicious enough, um, or at least seen as a threat if attacked. And I think what this does is it helps. It helps, you know, establish, hey, I still have that big charisma, but I'll kick your ass if I have to.
1: Rush would actually be helped on Raw as the Cruiserweight champion if he was like the manager of Bobby Lashley, but also the cruiserweight champion. I, I think we still got a ways to go before that happens and you know, he I probably won't even be with Lashley by the time that happens. But I I could see that also being helpful. But, yeah, I thought this was a nice refresh of Leo Rush and sort of tells us that he's going to be relevant in this title picture. The one weak spot I thought this week was Cedric Alexander, who still very much feels adrift, and that promo felt really flat, where he's like, this is my 205 Live. It's like, bro, really? Not really.
2: (laughs) Yeah, we we had a a dar just... Went out there and got his butt kicked. So I'm I'm fine with that. Yeah, um, I'm
1: fine with that. That was an okay establishment of the dynamic between Hideo Itami and Davari, and I like Davari talking for Itami because that sort of shores up that one gap.
2: I think he's interesting. I think Davari on this three or four week run has really kind of been one of the more interesting characters. But then again, he's also. I need a little more to hold on in to. He's
1: not a feud. Yeah.
2: yeah. He, he's not in a feud. He hasn't had to just do back-and-forth matches over and over. He's kind of new and refreshed, so maybe that's why I find him so interesting. But
1: You know what it is? I, I think that there's a lot of residual goodwill from the way that that squash match was booked.
2: Yes. Yeah, because that I, was, I, that I was I a very, that
1: very good squash match. And, and, you know, the Atami pushes had that as well. Uh, but, yes, Davari does help out atami a lot and i i thought that this episode of 205 live was one of the stronger ones in weeks
2: yeah I, I would agree uh nxt uk there's not a lot to go over because i got angry because the wild boar mike hitchman was in the first match i watched and he lost Aww. so after that it's all downhill from there
1: <laughs> no, is that nothing else is that where we're at is we're we are, <laughs> we are literally on wild boar watch now Look, look, no, no, because you need to tell me when Wild Boar gets a win because I'm going to actually watch that match and we're going to review that. He
2: he is the official mascot of Shake Them Ropes now, the Wild Boar, Mike Hitchman. I love this man. This man is a world treasure. I want him pushed for every title. I want him brought up from NXT UK to the main roster. To uh,
1: do you think he could weigh in at 205? Because you know, Drake Maverick was talking about getting Buddy Murphy world class competition next week. And what if, and I'm just saying, let's put this out in the universe here, what if that world-class competition is none other than a somehow making weight wild boar Mike Hitchman?
2: I think if Mike Hitchman could take off a part of his body to weigh 205, he would.
1: You know what? He should gimmick the scale like Buddy Murphy's doing. I didn't say it.
2: <laughs> uh, no, but, but you know, it's mostly, you know, they're still going towards the tag team title match between Mustache Mountain and... Uh, uh oh, God, I can't remember the name of the team anymore. Uh, uh,
1: they're not the Iron Kingdom. They're
2: no Liverpool Zone.
1: Oh, Liverpool Zone. Okay.
2: And 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 and
1: uh, James Drake.
2: Oh, James Drake. Yeah. So really I mean, made an impression Canada's, on you, huh? Yeah, well, you know it's it's kind of they have put it in place and now it's just kind of going through the motions for the most part. Uh, uh, Isla Dawn and, and Rhea Ripley had a UK title match in there um wasn't
1: ripley retained wasn't
2: the best thing yeah Ripley yeah. retained uh tony storm came back she had a squash you know well I'll, i'm gonna wait until the uh takeover card is announced for the uk before i uh before i get excited about this whole thing i'm i'm i it was an ambivalent week for me for nxt uk so the uh less said the better Moving on to NXT, a, an interesting episode. Yes,
1: an interesting episode. A little bit of good, a little bit of bad here. Um, so, or not bad, but maybe eh, so so, shaky hand. So, Dakota Kai and Io Shirai versus Marina Shafir and Jessamine Duke. This, in my opinion, was the wrong way to debut Marina Shafir and Jessamine Duke. And I
2: could not agree more. Yeah, I could not agree more. Go ahead.
1: Yeah. And the match w- was fine, but I was actually a bit shell shocked. Like, oh, Really? We're we're going to this chapter already. What should have happened this week is Marina Shafir and Jessamine Duke should have beaten up the Goober Squad and made the Goober Squad scream and howl and it looked mean. And I, I I left this match not having a real sense of who Marina Shafir and Jessamine Duke are as wrestlers in the ring. Um, I, we got a little bit of that, but like I don't know what their finishing sequences are. I I, I don't. There's a lot of things that needed to be established for these two that weren't established, and this match was a real disservice to them.
2: I'm over here pumping my fist because you're taking a lot of my points, and it's great. Um, I I agree. This is a match that probably should have been reserved. Like In in the old WCW days, this would have been a Clash of the Champions match that they would have built to before a big pay-per-view match involving all these parties. We literally do not know anything about Marina Shafir or Jessamyn Duke other than their names are Marina Shafir and Jessamyn Duke and that they are friends with Shayna Baszler and Ronda Rousey. They come out
1: to Shayna Baszler's music. That's how little personality they have right now. We don't even really know that they're a faction per se fully codified.
2: We have not been introduced to them. We we have not heard any words from them in their own words. All we've heard is Nigel telling us, that they met on The Ultimate Fighter. We don't know their finishers. We don't know their wrestling style. We don't even know why they're here in NXT. Because they were friends who were watching. But we didn't know that they were in the Performance Center. I don't think they ever made mention of that, really. They don't, We know they hang around at NXT High School, so to speak. So yes, the first week it should have been a squash match. And I'll, I'll tell you the other reason why. Because when you're watching a match like this... Where you've already thrown them to the Wolves against the best women's performer in the world, in EO Shirai, how is the audience supposed to know if Marina Shafir or Jessamyn Duke are close to getting a win? Because nobody knows what their moveset or their finishers are. So you can't get emotionally invested in the match or in near falls of any kind whatsoever. Because you've never even been introduced to what these women can do. So you never know what's a finisher or anything to that effect. So you're stuck with that. We haven't established these characters. We haven't established their movesets. We haven't established what sh- we should be on the lookout for. Instead, we throw them in what was basically the the what would be, I would say, the B match of a feud versus a, uh, what would be the top line, which is going to be Kyrie Sane versus... Uh, Shayna for the title again, or a three-on-three match of some form. With nothing, and then you beat them. So why, if these two can beat them without Shayna, am I going to be interested in a three-on-three where we've already beaten the two goofs?
1: Yeah, there's no easy way to get the heat back. On this, yeah, and I, I, it's just a very head scratching misstep with high profile acquisitions. I mean, it, it felt like I, you know, you get the horse woman in should here, should
2: not be beating them this early,
1: right? Their I debut match, the, the NXT special, the, you know, losing your debut, actually, not like Dominic Dijakovic or Dijakovic. I'm glad that we made that a mouthful. <laughs> oh, my God. When, when when he said it's Dijakovic, I'm like, really? It's not Dijakovic or Dijakovic? Oh, man. N- now it's a real mouthful.
2: But, I mean, these are supposed to be serious players in the women's division that you're building a major feud for. And they come out and they basically do, uh, again, the Clash of the Champions tag match right off the bat and they beat them. I'm just like... So so now what are you going to do? Are you going to do training sessions with Shayna to, to to teach us who these women are, or should we just not be interested in them in that they're kind of the, for lack of a better comparison, in Batman, the 1960s version, are they thug number one and thug number two?
1: It sure feels like that. Well, actually, one's uh, working, and the other one's play, right? Thing one, thing, yes. thing two? Yeah. I, I mean, it's crazy. <laughs> you You've given them... You've given them... T-shirt. T-shirts and like taglines of sorts, and haven't even gotten that over. What this is yeah. such a head scratching failure to launch with these two when it's a high profile launch that you would think they would roll this out more savvy. It, it's very weird.
2: Yeah, and and for NXT it, it's it's such a weird misstep because right. they usually take better care of this.
1: Yeah, it, of it's it's to weird to see this in NXT of all places. Like on Raw, you you could expect a misstep like this. It, NXT is usually much more careful and much more thoughtful in their approaches, and I I just thought that this was kind of a miss, or more than kind of. Oh,
2: I I was sitting there going, okay, well, maybe now they killed Dakota Kai to write her off because she may have a knee injury, but other than that, I was just like, man. But they haven't established them as threats. You have to establish them as threats so that we're – a little concern for the baby faces going in. And I'm just like, I, I, wow. I was, I'm still baffled by it. As you can tell.
1: I don't know where you go with Shafir and Duke to kind of reset them. And yeah, I I have that same kind of, okay, but why reaction at the end of it?
2: Yeah. I I think there's a fear that if we, build, I mean, they do this a lot in stables where if we build up the other members of the stable too much, they'll overshadow the star and i'm just like no you need for this kind of thing you need three badasses working in tandem to
1: all on the same you know, page all on the yeah, same no, page no to, internal drama to, yeah they they're all unified to
2: force the baby to force the baby faces to have to band together to fight this and and that's where the story goes off the rails. You you had already mentioned Donovan Dijakovic. or
1: Dijakovich,
2: or Dijakovic. Oh, why not just make him Donovan Dijak? I don't. Under, his
1: name's Dijak. Like they added the Kovic at the end, and it was unnecessary. Well, they
2: added it to well they added it to get away from the Chris Dijak that they had originally <laughs> debuted him as. I like him still. I thought the squash was pretty good um he's gonna be cutting promos in the middle of the match though which is always a negative for me but that's what they do now
1: yeah I don't have any thoughts beyond that I, I thought that the feast Your eyes was good and this is uh, standard NXT squash debut only unlike other NXT debuts Dijakovic actually won his match and so uh, on that level alone that's a plus
2: you know I'm, I'm ready for uh I I I'll watch him versus Punishment Martinez or him versus Keith Lee in a PWG style match. I'm, I'm, I'm into all that about that. Yeah. Yeah, let's do that. Yeah. And then we had a heavy machinery squash.
1: This was fun. I, I this is what we were talking about in terms of what do you need to do to get heavy machinery established as a real threat and not just kind of zany dudes. And
2: I would do this exact match on their on their raw day. Yeah,
1: that's what I was about to say. Uh, that that this is the strategy. I would do this for about three weeks with them. I would make them just seem like world beaters and like kind of set the table for the authors of pain versus heavy machinery, something like that. Because I think that that could get the authors back in. Maybe have them have rivaling squash matches. And
2: not only yeah. that, I would I would not even debut the worm until a pay per view.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Because that would actually be a big spot at a pay-per-view, and, and actually, yeah, I- I'm with you on that, but we also would like to see Otis move away from the worm. So, this is a compromise.
2: Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's the compromise, is to save it, as opposed to do it week after week and kill it. Although, it's going to happen. It has to happen, because every, every week they wanted to see the worm when Scotty Too Hotty did it, so...
1: Well, if it gets him over, I mean, that got Scott Taylor a lot of paychecks.
2: Yeah, no, that's very, very true. And, <laughs> but not after they tried to break them up a couple times and then put them back together. So that that's probably what's gonna happen with the heavy machinery as well. Um, I'm looking forward to the four way, the uh, the number one contenders match for the women. I, I I think that's a, it's a fun match there. It's uh, Io Shirai, Bianca Belair, Mia Yim, and Lacey Evans. It's an interesting eclectic mix. And then the reuniting of DIY. Man, the finishing sequence of this match was so
1: (laughs) rich. I I was watching with my friends, and I was trying to explain to them all of the depth and the layers, and I was, like, tripping up on my words. I am like, there's so much going on here right now with them when they're standing in there, and Tommaso Ciampa's fucking with Johnny's head, and he's trying to, like, call back to what Johnny wants, and Johnny just wants his friend back, and, like, he's totally warped, and he can't think straight. Oh, I love this. This was so cool.
2: And he's angry, and then he gets into doing the double team, and then he remembers, oh, yeah, Ciampa's my enemy. It can't be doing that. But I miss
1: him, and he's my friend, and I I just want him to be the old Tommaso. Why can't I? Oh, man. Oh, man, so much tension right there. And then Johnny takes the win, and he's mad that he took the win, but he still took the win. Uh, Aleister Black, I, I mean, he did the baby face kiss of doom in a cage match. He didn't leave the cage when he could, uh, so you knew it was over for Aleister there. But, you know, I, I like set the table there where Aleister really wanted to teach Johnny a lesson in this match and kick some sense into him, and he did not kick some sense into Johnny. And- oh, he
2: kicked some sense into him. He, oh, I mean, he, he he did he, he he did kick tank. him, yeah.
1: He definitely did. Oh yeah. Oh boy, did he ever?
2: <laughs> oh. And there
1: and were a then you had kicks
2: in there that I went. Ooh, that was that was a little closer, Alistair.
1: <laughs> and then Tommaso Ciampa, the kind of 3D chess of him wanting Johnny Gargano as his opponent because he knows he can beat Johnny, and he also knows he can get into Johnny's head.
2: I like the spot, but we need a six-month moratorium on heels slamming the cage into babyface's heads. It's overdone.
1: I'm fine with it in this particular circumstance.
2: In this particular because circumstance, it, I was fine with
1: it. Yes, right, because it was to serve a grander purpose. I, I am with you, though, of you know, babyface getting their head slammed into the steel cage is kind of predictable at this point. But th- this was a good usage of that. Uh,
2: that's it for NXT. The only other news coming out this week is that the, uh looks like the Young Bucks, Cody, and Adam Page all rejected, apparently allegedly seven figure contracts uh, to go to the WWE uh, some are reporting that may have been up to 750 I don't I don't uh, I don't know the the numbers on that but it looks like uh, looks like they're not coming coming to WWE it looks like they're gonna go all all in with this uh, all elite wrestling um, I have concerns because I don't think I think look all these guys are are except for adam page are in their mid-30s or getting there and after after you get away from the star appeal of the elite you, you i don't understand i don't know what you're gonna have after that
1: this is gonna be a real test of the young bucks and cody as bookers and thinking about innovative storylines that catch people's eyes. And we've seen, like for example, with the Woken Matt Hardy, Broken Matt Hardy thing, you can do things on the indies or in a semi-independent way and catch some buzz and get people interested. And I think it's going to rely a lot more on them behind the scenes and behind the camera than necessarily in the ring. They'll be able to go out and do what they can do in the ring, and that will be more than just fine. But in order for the promotion itself to work, it's going to take a lot of extra effort. And and I I do kind of share some of your concerns that maybe it might have been smarter for them to have taken the deal.
2: Yeah, I understand creative freedom. But, (laughs) I mean, taking a chance on yourself is always risky, so so I get that. And, And look, they've already proven they can do it once. I just I just don't know I I'm, I have my doubts that this can be up and running and and of high quality off the off the bat and then sorry that's my phone and and then um, and then and then you know to be able to sustain that after they are gone but we'll see yeah
1: yeah I, I mean you know I, I think the trick for them is going to be to link up. With some of these other indie promotions, such that they exist, you know, like Lucha Underground, or what's up with them, and and Impact, and seeing, you know, what deals they can make with talent sharing uh, to make this all elite thing work.
2: You can follow me at Crab Game Thirteen. You can follow the show at Shake Them Ropes. You can follow Chris at Chris Novembrino. Chris. Other show. The four one one.
1: The other show is Don't Worry About the Government. You can find it at Don't Worry TV and on iTunes and Stitcher. There'll be a new episode out sometime soon. Here, I'm kind of doing a retrospective, looking back, looking ahead episode. So if you want to hear. Some old clips of Don't Worry About the Government from 2016. You can hear some of those. And some new stuff with me, too. So, it'll be a fun episode. Check it out. Don't Worry.tv, iTunes, and Stitcher. Other show is The All in the Family Podcast, which you can find at theallinthefamilypodcast.com.
2: On behalf of myself and Chris, enjoy your holidays, everybody.
1: We wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year.